0: Welcome to episode ten of the Teacher Squad podcast. Hey Jane, what's going down this week? Well, I'm going to be talking about the
1: west coast of Ireland and rock pooling and beaches and cows.
0: Mm. Hi, I'm going to be waffling on about my love of nonfiction.
1: Ah oh, well, I love somebody too. And I am in love with Susie Dent. Right, yeah. the less
0: said about that, the better. Let's move on. <laughs> I am going to talk about fascination, curiosity and shared discovery. Let's get on with it. Oh, sighting.
1: Guess what, Heather? What? It's number
0: 10. Double figures. It's so exciting. Does this mean that we've hit like a new phase of our podcast wife relationship? Well, I'll tell you what, if we are
1: going to that new phase, we really do need to stop trying to drink so much and get off with each other
0: that's what I'm gonna say are we going steady now do I need to change my Facebook status yeah absolutely change it oh how are you anyway I'm really really good 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 I felt like I froze then. Um, Apart from a a little mini money spider just crawled across my lip, which is slightly weird, but maybe that's a sign of some good money to come. Uh, No, I'm good. I'm good. Those who are watching, I know there's not many, but I'm holding up my lovely gloves. Oh, I don't like the camera. There we go. Hopefully people could see what they say. Look at my gorgeous gift from my new stage of the Relationship Podcast wife, Jane. Well, they, they suit you,
1: and they're very trendy, and they're fingerless, and feminist, and gorge. So, yeah, oh, you deserve them
0: from gorgeous wool. And do you know what, Jane? They came with this a little a little tag. So they're from Black and Beach, and it, and they, it's got a little quote from Maya Angelou on, and oh. it says. Continue to be who and how you are to astonish a mean world with acts of kindness. Continue to allow humour to lighten the burden of your tender heart. How oh, act?
1: Yeah, that is you, Heather, isn't it? You are oh. just that person chipping away at the mean buggers wherever you find them. I love that. <laughs> your
0: life so, mission.
1: You.
0: How are you? How are you?
1: Well, I, do you know what? Um, there are 567,000 teachers in the UK and I think at any one time there's probably about 10% if not more having a rubbish time. And I mm. think I'm in that, you know, I know this is supposed to be grateful, but my mum's not very well. She got taken into Good Hope Hospital in Southern Field. And, um, yeah, we're all worried about her. She's had a a bladder operation. But when I went to see her and she's very, very dopey and drowsy, um, she just wanted me to talk to her. And what I talked about was really how grateful I was, mum, and I am really grateful. And my mum You might or might not know this. My mum was a teacher and it's only now as I've got older, she taught in inner city Birmingham secondary school. She was the geography teacher, head of geography. And when she was about 55 years old, they went, "Uh, can you not be head of geography anymore after this Ofsted? Uh, Can you now be head of RE? Now, can you imagine? like everything you deeply know about a subject and a curriculum. And it's just like, oh, actually, can you go and teach over there and learn all about the RE syllabus? I mean, horrific uh, yeah. amount of work that she had to do. And I, I remember that time as a kid, you know, just her having to learn so much. I mean, she's quite holy schmoly, so she coped quite well. But, <laughs> but what I was talking to her about was just, because we had six weeks off for the holidays, and my dad had his yeah. own business, it, she used to scoop me and my sister and James, Alice and James, up, and we'd drive. Uh, we'd get a ferry from Hollyhead, and we'd <gasps> and we'd go to the west coast of Ireland, uh, nice. and to a place called Kilkee, uh, and we'd take me grand because my grand lived with us. We'd go and visit her two sisters, and it was it's really rural. Um, but everything about that six weeks, I'm, I'm talking about every moment, the, the six o'clock shake, probably it was earlier, you know, quick, we've got to get the ferry, quick, you know, bundling into the car with your jammers on and a bit of a sweat top and, you know, no. the homemade sweaty tuna and sweet corn sandwiches. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then, like, you'd run on the ferry to Bagsia seat but then when we got there, it was just so wonderful. You know, we'd, we'd be down on the White Strand and we'd be rock hauling, you know, with a bucket, you know, looking for yeah. little hermit crabs and periwinkles, you know. And, um, and then as you get older, you'd go to the disco and you'd sit on the wall <laughs> in Kilkee with your mates the next day giggling about who you fancied and you'd have a curry chip. <laughs> It weren't plural in Ireland. It was curry chip. Curry chip. Oh, nice. Oh, it was brilliant. And you come home and you'd have bacon and cabbage and fluffy potatoes. And, you know, my mum, you know, really did teach me about my Irish heritage. And I'm so grateful for that. And uh, there's nothing I don't know about, you know, fresh air and cow shit, you know. And thank
0: you. (laughs) Thank you, mum really you know is this Irish heritage where the uh, Irish author thing comes from well I think so I think so you know
1: I don't want to upset Ian but there has been a lot of sort of you know (laughs) Irish snogs in my past (laughs) Or, or what they used to say in Ireland when they were trying to shift you do you want to look at the stars and everybody go be careful you'll be lying on your back (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh i like it when you talk irish to me jane you can do that again (laughs) oh dear
1: so yeah oh yeah but it's sad isn't it it's sad when um family members go a bit wobbly and you just realize well you know what's important you know so yeah i'm grateful though grateful
0: Oh, you darling. So well, we're sending lots of love and h- hugs and all oh. good stuff to your mum and to you. Oh and, thank uh, you, honey. Hoping yeah. that she's she's better soon. Yeah. Oh. Good for you for being in the grateful mode, because it helps, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does doesn't help.
0: It? it does help.
1: And um what are you grateful for? Because if you're telling me it's calling the caterpillar sours a- Ach- mm. Oh no, Jane. Okay. Get I'm gonna your head to,
0: out of MS. That's all I'm, gonna I'm gonna saying. To, I'm gonna have to rewrite, we you know, hang on a minute, let me like, no, because <laughs> this this just shows that I'm a little bit food orientated doesn't it? Oh man. Cause I'm grateful for two snacks. That's that is what I'm grateful Every for. Every time. Every time. Every time. Everybody yeah. knows. But actually, before I tell you those snacks, do you not feel like this is the time of year? This is not in my notes. This is purely off the top of my head. (laughs) This is the time of year when you start dropping hints to your class about Mm. the kind of things that you like so that they appear in your Christmas gifts, you know, from your pupils and families. I did one year really over mention the fact that I quite like sausage dogs (laughs) and I've got. I now have Sausage Dog shopping token queuing, Sausage Dog mugs, Sausage Dog pens, all from this one time that I kind of overly shared once I was a little bit obsessed with Rob Bidop's Odd Dog Out at the time. Yeah, that's a great uh, book though. That is a great uh, book. They're, they are, they're on a revival,
1: the Sausage Dog, aren't they? They're like the new trendy sort of fashion item.
0: Yeah, well, I, the- I kind of wanted a Sausage Dog, but... Um, My husband said, no, we're having a proper dog. I apologise to anybody who has a sausage dog (laughs) or a small dog, which he refers to as dusters. (laughs) If they can't get up the curb on their own, he didn't want it (laughs) thats That is that. We're going to have legs. Yeah, uh, yeah, we have a cock at all who is cock adorable instead, and she qualifies as a proper dog, but small oh. enough to be nice and cuddly. Yeah. But my gratitude, Jane, I digress. Um, treats, treat mm. number one, and I did share this because this is the perfect staff room treat, had a nice break and went into the kitchen and discovered that uh, Mr. Reading Rocks had bought a box of Tonics tea cakes. Mm. They and a cup of tea. now is there a better snack in between some planning or, you know, a bit of paperwork? So that was good. But also my second treat was on Saturday at yeah. the Somerset uh, Federation of Children's Book Group National Nonfiction November Conference and – Adam Kay's Incredible Inventions book had sponsored the break with some incredible cupcakes. So, yeah, I'm just grateful for sweet treats. I'm very, very easily pleased if it's uh, food-orientated. Going back to the uh, tea cake, don't you think that sort
1: of biscuit base is not quite a biscuit or a sponge? It sort of falls between both things and gets on my nerves a bit i mean i don't know that it's it's similar to a wagon wheel but i can cope with that texture there but i don't know i just want something a bit more crunchy at the bottom of the marshmallow
0: no don't mess with the tonic's tea cake but i get that it's a bit like a wagon wheel and there is part of you that thinks there should be a bit of jam in here yeah is there not Oh, maybe I've just always imagined there was jam. There's no jam in a tonic. Shut up. I think think there were some kind of marshmallow ones that used to have jam in, but they weren't as good as a tonic. Yeah, maybe that's what
1: I'm doing. Maybe I've got sort of an own brand, you know, (laughs) Morrison's one going on. (laughs) Oh, dear.
0: Well, we know the way to your heart, Heather. Certainly do. Gorgeous feminist gloves, cup of tea. (laughs) And a snack. And I am anyone's.
1: <laughs> now, yes.
0: Take me out quite- <laughs> to the stars.
1: <laughs> oh dear. So what you've been thinking about this week? I feel a bit stressed. I've, I've had it very, do you know, is it funny, is it the minute you're stressed, it's very hard to thunk. Yeah, I've, I've found it really, really difficult to to think straight, full stop. But So I hope You've
0: been thinking straight. I mean, I've had a go. I don't know. Yeah, well, I've had a busy week, so I, I, but actually thinking a lot. But it's right that to remember that when kids are stressed you know, and your, your staff team are stressed, that yeah. you know, we we remember that our capacity, you know, yeah. what. It- what is doing your best on one day can be very different to what doing your best is on another yeah. day. We need to give each other space for that, don't I'm we? I'm going to
1: do a shout out for one of my favourite head teachers called um, Rebecca and um, Bex. She likes to be known at as, uh, not at, what am I ch- chuntering on about? And <laughs> uh, the school she works at is uh, Bouville Primary School and she is the most incredible woman. She gets her staff every day uh, to do a traffic light system of how they're feeling, just kind of quite simple, quite manageable. Uh, She doesn't want to know the details, but then she sort of is always got a bit of a litmus judge of where people are at. And so sometimes it might be like, well, 10 of you are in the red zone, like we're going to def off this staff meeting. There's no point. We're not going to be We're not going to be raring for it. I just think that's really sensible, you know, just a really nice, easy way of kind of tuning into, uh, because sometimes there's things that you don't want to share with your head teacher, far from it, but you can still say, look, I'm feeling a bit like, you know, in the red zone. It's not, you know, it's not going to be ideal at the moment to drive your big transformative agenda, you know, yeah. but get, get, hit me up again next week. We might have been
0: better I think at that. That, that really works when you've built that culture of two way trust as well, when the head teacher knows that what they're saying is is real and genuine and yeah. the teachers know that when they are real and genuine, it's listened to, it's honoured and yeah. and and it it works that togetherness that you've talked about. Yeah, quite trust a lot. is a big one, isn't it? And and
1: um we know that trust really matters. You've got to feel that um You can declare, you can talk, uh, and you're in safe hands. Yeah, Yeah. It's really sad, isn't it? There's some data about how lots of uh, teachers feel that they can't trust SLT. Um, I don't want to misquote data, so I'm not going to, but maybe that's next week on number 11. I'll get my facts and figures straight,
0: yeah. Mm. Who's going to go first then for sentence? Shall I go for it? Yeah, go for it, honey. Look at me, I like kind of rolling my shoulders working myself up. Well, mine links to my cupcake moment. Um, so on Saturday, I was uh, over up in Somerset. Oh, yeah. Um, and a nice venue at Sidcott School. Mm. Um, and a, a lovely day all about non-fiction because it is november so it's federation of children's books group national non-fiction november where we kind of zoom in on it give it a little boost up on it and a focus kind of shout out about some great books and and the purpose of it so um my sentence is this curiosity and connection create thinkers and creators
1: Oh, basically it,
0: it's a bit of an homage to to non-fiction now personally in our house you know my mini reading rocker my daughter um is big into kind of novels and a bit of mystery and kind of drama and murder and and that now but when she was younger non-fiction was her thing and kind of our thing at story time we quite often would get animals she didn't say animals she said animals um <laughs> and what she didn't know from those nonfiction Very books American. and from well, yeah, and from watching Octonauts. Yeah. <laughs> I never never question her knowledge on Creatures of the Sea. Uh, but it had a special place in it. It was, it was really important. Um, and sometimes nonfiction can be second place to fiction. I know that a lot of the research talks about um Actually, it is fiction can, that can have a lot of the impact on empathy and attainment, etc. cetera. Um, but nonfiction is, is really important as well. So we had three keynote speakers at the conference, all um, nonfiction writers. So I thought I'd just share a couple of reflections from what right. each of them said. So I, lo- first- I love this
1: new model, though, we've got, like you go out everywhere to all the sort of (laughs) amazing conferences you're like our little squirrel you go off find all the important information, come back and
0: tell us all. Love it. A little spy. Yeah, it just yes. takes me for, forever to get anywhere from down here in St. Ice. I do like getting back. It's nice there. But, yeah, maybe we should put it out into the um, into the universe, Jane. Let's manifest it. Where, who else would like to invite me to spy on their wonderful stuff? Yes. Um, I'm, I'm up for coming to find out. Yeah. But, so first up, we had the very lovely Isabel Thomas now she has written over over 200 children's what? information books oh, she had this picture amazing. of it kind of with the power that's that's incredible isn't it yes. absolutely incredible and she's also uh she authors pieces for whiz pop bang magazine have you come across that so it's uh, I'm just looking whether I've got one nearby uh, it's a, a a science magazine for seven to eleven year olds but it is banging. It's great quality, gorgeous text in there. Um, and she writes she writes for them. But she talked about connections. Um, so she she was talking about generating questions, but about it coming from things that kids really care about or really hate, clashing those ideas together. And at one point she shared an image of two so brain scan um and reminded us about the fact that when connections are made the brain lights up and a little phrase that I jotted that she talked about was that we want those moments that glow and I thought that was really really lovely so kind of getting children to connect with the world around them and their own lives connecting with with what they read um and she also led that into uh, nonfiction writing. Sometimes it can be a bit dry, um, and we're talking about writing enjoyment, haven't we? Yeah, uh, yeah. But it's talking about this idea of kind of it coming from them and actually engaging in exciting research through 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 books, etc. But that connection so the act of writing itself became the building of knowledge and that kind of curiosity and intrigue and giving the kids some permission to put some of themselves into the book. She talked a lot about her process of kind of uh, sometimes she doesn't know a lot about the subject that she's writing about. I mean, if you've written 200 books, how can you know that but how she kind of connects with it herself and brings something of yes that's the fact but here's a, how I interact with that so that that was that was really really great maybe we should invite her on to chat with you about that Jane yeah um, that was good she so, talked about uh,
1: these it. 200 books you know what is the uh, breadth of that what sort of subject
0: areas is she particularly interested in or is it all sorts well, she's, a, she's a, bio, uh, she's a biologist, she's a scientist. So yes. they're all kind of science uh, yes. based there's questions. Um, one that you might be familiar with is Moth. Have you seen uh, yes. that one? Love the that Evolution book. Story. Yes. Um, so, Beautiful. and there's lots of examples on her website. We'll put that in the show notes, uh, yes. uh, kind of ideas of how people have used that different way of yes. sharing knowledge to, to do writing with yeah, yeah. them. Um yeah but books about insects books about um, rainforests the oceans amazing. Pretty, what hasn't she written about yeah, yeah. but she, absolutely fantastic so um and very that, that was, prolific wow yes yeah amazing and yeah. very lovely as well you know sometimes yeah. people who are successful you think oh what yeah. are they going to be like but yeah very 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 lovely as well next yeah. up we had andy seed i'm uh, yeah. not sure if you're familiar with andy he was a he was a head teacher before uh, being a non-fiction writer and he reminded us about the fact that do you know what we don't need all our things to be serious kids love a bit of silly um yeah. And you know, that jelly farting, yeah, yeah, and stupid words. Um, and he, in his writing, has tried to be more playful with his formats, that's nice stuff, which was was great. And he shared uh, one series that he's got, which has been very, very popular, and in fact, um, on the bookstore sold out. Uh, because he shared it so well, was his Interview With series. So Interview With a Panda and Interview With a Shark and other marine creatures. <laughs> but he read it aloud. And I think sometimes people forget that nonfiction can be read aloud and enjoyed Um in that way as well so he kind he's got these animals and he tells the kids about his animal oh, i can't say animal animal or something which is like an yeah. animal translated machine blah blah, blah. Yeah, but yeah. he he gives these creatures uh, a personality and a, oh, and a character that. in this interview but threaded through it are all these facts um yeah. and again he shared a piece that was Uh, written by a child which was modelled on that um, are absolutely brilliant. And And I'll
1: just interject in there, Heather, I think some of the best schools, you know, in their class reader time, you know, you might be reading, um, you know, Catherine Rundell's Rooftoppers, you know, and you're on chapter two and there's lots of references to the moon that actually your class reader time then can uh, switch to yes let's read this non-fiction piece about the moon you know yeah. and building up their knowledge in that way and then going back to the novel so there's these sort of inter splicing sort of moments where you can build up their scaffolds their kind of
0: thinking and their
1: interconnections making yeah.
0: connections and yes. moments that glow absolutely or like you said about the traffic light system yes. knowing that your class are not quite ready for that kind of yeah, bit of a chapter that requires a lot of empathy and understanding. Let's work yeah. out this silly word book, and, and but we're still yeah. reading to them every day, uh, yeah. but we, we're kind of responding, you know, some days, you know, you, yeah. you want to read something hearty in depth and other days you want some candy floss don't you, you want some yes. you know light yeah, yeah. 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 and thirdly we yeah. had Nicola Davis Oh um, yes great very very wonderful Nicola Davis yeah. and the promise. she talked yes she talked about um giving kids time to over complex images and Mm. diagrams and maps and about that being reading as well and about recognizing and valuing the dip in the dip out the skip the go back of non-fiction um but with those kind of technical drawings and not being afraid to share some of those complicated books with younger children, she talked about that building a conceptual framework in their mind. And we, we know about the power of reading and we talk about pupils who have got a lack of, of um, culture. What's the phrase yeah. I'm
1: looking for? Cultural capital.
0: That's the one cultural capital,, yeah. but you know th- there are many ways that we can build that with our ch- children, and that feeds back into their comprehension skills, doesn't it, their understanding, yeah yeah, yeah. well, actually those books that teach them about all kinds of things, giving them that framework in their mind to understand um, and get the world. So I was left with a few kind of phrases, three words that stuck with me, that fascination, nice. curiosity. Um, and then just to leave on, um, Nicola shared about actually sharing nonfiction with people your own children or pupils Mm. on a topic that neither of you are masters or knowledgeable about that shared discovery and how they, the child gets to see you a little bit more in that moment, as much as you get to see them, how you learn, how you respond and how you react. Um, so yeah, that's me today. Kind of just big up nonfiction, and yes. let's make sure that we give it uh, enough enough love because it's it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. How about your sentence. Oh God.
1: Yeah, I just I'm just sort of. Um cogitating and thinking ever su- such a lot there about the, the non-fiction and how it does need to be elevated. But I'd also wanted to say, I do think we live in a golden era of non-fiction. The quality coming through now is just utterly stunning. And, um, you know, just helping children find it quickly, you know, displaying it front cover, outwards, yeah. you know, changing it regularly. There's just so many beautifully drawn illustrated nonfiction books that just you know can yeah. suck you in for hours and hours you know um we really do have a a, a moral duty to make our curriculum pop with uh, you know good quality nonfiction's and just hearing from experts I'm still blown away that she has written 200 nonfiction books that's just you know I just want to see if she's okay I mean she's not read you know what I mean? She's green.
0: She was good. She was good. Uh, <laughs> What's your sentence, Jane? Well, I, I, I think what we're doing
1: here is your sentence from last week inspires my sentence for the next week. I think we might be in a perpetual loop here, but um, <laughs> I'm kind of flowing and glowing on from your idea, but you've spoken about it before and I have put it in the show notes as well, but... Uh, I do want to talk about um, oracy, and you know, in the good old, bad old days, you know, it's called speaking and listening. And I just can see that there is a a, a, a groundswell movement that it's gonna, it's coming back on the radar, uh, and rightly so. Um, and and but within that, I think we've got to be really careful. I think there's lots of things we can say very easily about oracy that are very assumed and very twee. And sometimes I think, you know, the devil's in the detail for things to really work, you know, for oracy to work through the curriculum. We need to perhaps uh, have more nitty-gritty, smaller conversations. But one of the things (laughs) I think about a lot on my travels when I'm teaching uh, is that this, and this is the sentence, um pupils need to know how to listen. And I don't just mean sitting on the carpet quietly. I don't mean that. I mean it's actually a very invisible skill, isn't it? And um and I and I just wanted to say about our Orissey coming back in fashion, you know, uh in May um 2023, it was in the top 10 most Googled um, phrases, um, so, you know, and I think that's perhaps on the back of, um, you know, Keir Starman talking about what he wants for curriculums down the line. But yeah. um, it's so hard for children to listen. And in busy classrooms, it's very hard for children to listen. And um, years ago, I and mean, it, it, it got kind of a big fanfare, uh Robin Alexander's work was referenced regularly, saying, You know talk and writing are aligned, you know um you know what you know here are your thoughts coming out of your mouth, here are your thoughts coming out of your pen uh they are very aligned, but what sort of got overlooked around that time was that actually reading and listening are really aligned uh yeah. because Uh, It's about reading and listening are very kind of inward kind of personal responses to words, whether you're taking them in through reading, you're going beyond the words and making meaning for yourself. And and when I work in classes or speak to teachers, just say like, God, my new class, they they just don't listen. They just don't (laughs) listen. And, and like, my heart cracks a little bit because I just think, well, you know, they'll also be very poor readers, you know, and um, it's a weird one. By improving their listening skills, we're also going to be improving their reading skills and their concentration. It all requires concentration, of course. Um, But we've got to help children to actively hear others And, um, and I often say when I'm teaching, you know, like when you're talking kids, I can see your thinking. Uh, but then I also, I need to show you ways to listen to your friends as well. Um, so it's that sort of kind of, how do we make that process visible? You know, uh, you know, how can you actively listen? What does that mean? Actively listen. Um, and I suppose I'm going back to my big Google bubble again, that's above my head, you know, (laughs) my AI bubble that's following me around, but they still um, not
0: sorted that out for you. Come on Google, get it sorted for Jane. I'm so miffed about that. Get on with it. All she um, wants
1: for Christmas is a Google bubble. <laughs> it can be made by anybody. You know, it does have to be Google. I'll have anybody. Anybody can Let, put a- Will a cardboard one do? I'll make you one. <laughs> Mrs. Gibb can follow me around with a bit of cardboard. That'll do. <laughs> Oh dear, but there won't be any pens that weren't long enough for the amount of thoughts in my head.
0: Oh dear God, <laughs> I'm not sure we want to see all of them. Google. Can you make sure that you filter out certain ones? Can we put a filter on? I'm sure a firewall, yes. a Jane wall.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, go yeah. on. It
0: definitely has to be certificate.
1: You. We need to. Yeah, that's some that's some mighty hefty firewall. I tell you, <laughs>
0: it might, might take a bit, bit longer nervous. than Christmas. We'll have to wait. <laughs>
1: can't fit, find my PG lists of words I'm allowed to use. I'm, getting, I'm coming out in a hot sweat. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it's trying to achieve, isn't it, with kids that when they listen, they're taking on their friends' ideas, their teachers' ideas, and, and they're sort of adding them to their own. And those ideas have transformed theirs. And um, when you listen, you have to listen out for key words and then you're attaching what you know is connections, isn't it? What you know yeah. to make your new thinking and, and and talking and listening is is going to enable you to push your thoughts to, to the edge. You know, yeah. um, it's, it's tricky, but I just wanted to read this gorgeous quote from Daniel Schindler, who's a teacher who reads this message every year uh, at the start of each year. And I've put in the notes from Voice 21 Project so you can see what, which school works in this way. And it's just so wonderful. I want... This is what he says to his class. I want your voice to feel this school. I want your voice to be one of the many sounds that build this community. I want you not just to talk, but to listen. Listen to yourself, your breath, your heart, your true thoughts. I want to listen to other people, but I want you to discover the many voices that make up being a human being. And I want you to find your voice i oh, mean
0: uh, i mean isn't that just our purpose yes We're, that's we want them to be them and know how to share that i love that And you see
1: just them yeah. just them and to be able to articulate it and, and also no to how-
0: know that that's that it's okay to be you and your voice is valid
1: to be you alone, and to be hurting or happy, and everything in between—it's okay. And if you've got the words, and if we have got, and if we and we must find the time to listen, then yeah. it will, it, everything's going to be okay. It's going
0: to be more. Have than you okay. seen those quotes that often appear on social media? I think it says something like, um, "The problem is we we listen to know how to respond, or something, as opposed yeah. to just." listening for the act of listening I think it's going back to that purpose isn't it of what what is listening for why are we listening is it so is it a selfish thing so that I can just jut in or am I listening because I, I want to understand and I want the, my thinking to change I'm, I'm, I'm malleable and yeah, yeah. learning. I
1: think the other thing is, and I don't know whether this is teaching or mummying or busying, but I just think whenever children start talking to me, I just keep trying to problem solve it within an inch of its life. You know, like, have you thought about it? It's just like, shut up. <laughs> shut up, mum. Sometimes. Why don't you do this? Why don't you do, this? So- Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? Why don't you, this is the solution. And it's just like, they it's haven't bad, come to
0: you to to find an no. answer. They've just come to offload. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. For a nod and a smile and a cuddle.
1: Yeah, I've just been thinking as well, uh, and we probably could do with a bit of a hand with this, Heather, you know, like more like language chunks to help us communicate so we don't keep talking over each other, you know. And I know Voice 21 do a lot of ideas with sentence stems, you know, before you say that, I'd like to
0: say this.
1: It might help us a little bit. What do you reckon?
0: well yeah i'm gonna i'm doing it right now those are uh, our listeners i'm going one potato two potato fists on top of each other in the school where i am a governor and uh, they use that those kind of cues and those systems to i'm gonna i'm gonna they want to build on what you've said i always mm-hmm. want to build on what you've said jen you, jen you always lay a lovely foundation oh, um right. or they, or they put their hand up i think it is or their thumb up if they want to add to what the person has said and yeah i think it's 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 great and the voice 21 project is good at kind of structuring that progression we like to know as teachers don't we from a to b yes Um, little activities that can be just one-to-one into the groups with a chair different situations so that you know by the time they leave us in year six they're really adept and articulate and have found their voice
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then I, I suppose, you know, in terms of our relationship, you know, if we're using a chair or, you know, if we're communicating properly, it's, it's all happening here.
0: <laughs> we haven't got to the point yet where we're that uh disgruntled that we need a chair to no. that goes at the end of the relationship doesn't it when you need to mediate <laughs> who's getting the dog
1: oh, <laughs> you can have a bloody I, dog I tell i'm you. keeping
0: my gloves <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, before we move on to wonder of words jane um yeah there was just a few things that I've kind of spotted popping up this week that I thought our listeners may find useful. So um, we've been talking last week quite a lot about uh, writing enjoyment and how we teach writing. Um, And there was a great article uh, that popped up on uh, the test magazine and the title of it I will share it in the show notes but the title of it was inside the primary writing wars which Ooh. kind of makes you want to read it anyway doesn't it but yes. it's quite a long article but it is quite um quite useful um yeah I'm not even going to attempt to sum it up but it kind of gives us a, a flavor of some it's skills A different, uh, a different way. Yeah, I Um, read that. Yeah. And the kind of the balance of why we've got more research about reading and you know the yes. fact that how we assess writing uh, but it's 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 a good one um, and it's
1: it's going to come to the forefront i mean we've um i had a meeting with the dfe a couple of weeks ago and the education endowment foundation want a meeting uh they want to hear about uh, what's happening on the ground with writing what people are thinking so yeah it's going to be the new hot potato as it were
0: yeah get you jane you say i'm out and about squirrelling you're moling. You're the mole out in the bow The new name for the stick podcast. on for that. Scroll, Bit of- Scroll and mole. I'm sure it could, <laughs> could that be the new Christmas advert or new book illustrated. Uh, there we oh, go i'm off on a tangent i'm going back to what i wanted to share because everybody needs to make sure that they've had a little nosy and keep up to date the literacy trust uh relaunched and shared their campaign about libraries for primaries again yes. we'll share the link um they've been doing some great stuff uh but there's uh, an updated evidence review and the need for and the impact of school libraries, and the evaluation of some of their school library programs. Um, so I think it's it's good for people to be aware that those things are happening.
1: Um, yeah, and I think the about libraries—you can have an amazing libraries, and then actually we've got no curriculum time to access them or live in them or. Or make them work for us with the age of children we've got so I think you know I see that a lot sometimes and I'm sure you do too like the the glamour job library but it's not actually being interacted with and that's just yeah. as that's just as desperate isn't
0: it oh dear, there's, there's, yeah there's so much about what makes a library good isn't there and and yes. uh I spoke to some, there's quite a few librarians at the uh, nonfiction conference and yeah. some of them were telling me about when they went to library school, there is a place, there's library school. How cool does that sound? you yeah. learn to be a librarian and uh, sometimes librarians are underestimated and think that um, oh, people can do that. It's just about going and tidying yeah. shelves or putting the books back on. And it is far from that. Yeah. And, we we really need schools to value their library and the librarian. Yeah, uh, but
1: there's only there's less than uh, half of libraries have librarians. You know the you know absolutely so it's,
0: yeah. it's sad. Oh, it, the the um, the numbers that they shared about um, schools without a library and the correlation between uh, areas of poverty with lack of library we've um yeah we've got to do something about that but we i don't want to go doom and gloom jane don't I go doom and gloom ever the optimist so my final link that i will be sharing in these show notes um i'd love somebody to email me jane and say thanks <laughs> for sharing all this <laughs> i don't I feel i've mentioned it enough this episode um, well, it's i've been Heather. Inundated this week with emails
1: she says through with them. a heavy,
0: heavy dose of sarcasm.
1: <laughs> Listen, you've got three. I've got none.
0: Count your blessings. <laughs> Let's just say it really slowly so we are absolutely clear. Heather yeah. at the podcast.com. Please yeah. tell me how useful my chunnerings have been Um <laughs> Yeah, there we go. One more to share with you then. This is a lovely one because talking about books, I mean, we do it every week on this and it just fills me with joy. Even um, if I'm tired, we've had a, a bad week, a hard week. Uh, I feel uplifted listening to you read aloud, So, you know, choosing to read aloud to you. It, it's just powerful, isn't it? So yes. um, uh, hopefully people have spotted, but if they haven't, the Yoto Carnegie's um nominations for those book awards have all been popping up all over social media some absolute cracking books have been shared um and some of them are books that have been in our subscription boxes which just makes me just have a little kind of smug smile and go oh i choose a good book but the um opportunity is there the long list will be announced i think it's february yeah next year 2024. Uh, How can it be 24? Oh, um, but you can shadow your your book club or your class can shadow the awards, and it's a great way to get those books, new books into school, and to get give kids a purpose to talk about books. So yeah, um, brilliant! Yeah, lots to share. Lots of things popping up this week. So. Your
1: wonder of words, um, I'm guessing, is from one of those nominees.
0: I am right, am I? Yeah. <gasps> Have you, are not. <laughs> you are not. We are yet to reach the stage of our relationship where you can finish my... Damn it. I was sandwiches. going to say sandwiches then because um, we are heavy into the Frozen rehearsals for my daughter's theatre group. That's oh. one of the that We finish each other's... Sandwiches. <laughs> um, yeah, we're not there. when We're not quite no. a tune yet, Jane. No. I am going to share some beautiful nonfiction. Oh, and, and, I, I should have guessed it. You should have guessed. And um, just like I indulged myself on my Tunnix tea cakes and my beautiful cupcakes, I am indulging myself and I will have none of you saying no. I have two books in front of me, Jane. Do it.
1: Do and it. I am sharing. You do you,
0: babe. You do you. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing snippets, snippets from both of them. I'm just losing my place with all of them. I'm fuddled between the pages. Right, the first one, we love words, don't we? We yeah, absolutely we do. love words. So I'm going to share two books by people who are word fans as well. So the first book is Every Word oh, love Tells that book. a Story. Um, an extraordinary A to Z, book. I'm going to go ASMR again. An extraordinary A to Z of etymological exploration. I love that book.
1: I literally, oh. I just, I rub that book on my tits most days. <laughs> I am so in love with that book.
0: It's it so is it's Tom, Tom Reed Wilson. It's uh, yeah. beautifully illustrated by Ian Morris. But so I'm, I'm I'm dipping just to to the very back of the book because um, it tells you a little bit about Tom Reed Wilson. Many people will have seen him as the receptionist on Celebs Go Dating, and he's also recently been um, in spongebob squarepants the musical oh wow. touring around the country because uh, that's his background musical theater yeah. but here we go okay. this is tom and his love of words my love affair with words goes back to my earliest childhood my father was an english teacher before he retired and he devoured books i have so many fond memories of the pleasure he took in using words saying things like this has been lovely but all too brief, fleeting, short-lived, ephemeral. My mother was also an inspiration. As a fine amateur actress, she encouraged me to take to the stage. At school, I discovered Rodgers and Hammerstein and was bewitched by their music and the perfect rhymes of their poignant lyrics. After leaving school, I attended Rose Bruford College and the Royal Academy of Music, where I learned that everything I needed to be a performer could be found in the lines or lyrics, that is to say, in the words themselves. Today, I work more in television than in theatre, but I still recite a Shakespearean sonnet every morning and Mm -hmm. night to keep my life's libretto as zestful as it was in my acting days. Whether we are performers or not, words are our universal currency and they enrich our souls and our lives. Mm. Absolutely. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Just lovely. And So here's one of the words in his book that I have chosen for you. I've chosen the word navel. Yes, love it. Have you heard of Naseby or seen it? On a map, its name is shared with navel, and their meanings overlap. They both come from nafella, Old English for the middle. And to explain the reason why, let's puzzle out this riddle. Naseby's in the Midlands, a belly button town, and so just like your navel, is halfway up or down.
1: Oh, I used to live in the next village next to Naseby.
0: Mm -hmm. there you go i did think the little midlands bit was a a touch a touch to you (laughs) right my next book is by an absolute word queen it's by Susie dent of dictionary corner
1: oh amazing
0: yes and also this book as well you know i'm on, on a mission to make everybody happy this book is called roots of happiness and um it's a hundred words uh for joy and hope so susie tells us that um we've got loads of words for sad kind of miserable yeah. words Um, she's, she's on a bit of a mission to bring back more words i'm on a mission to bring these lost positive words back into our lives and would love your help to do it because research has proven that by having the words to describe happy feelings we can feel that happiness directly which means that language has incredible power for not only can it describe how we feel it can even change those feelings so if you're feeling a little sad or blue, try focusing on one of the words from this book. If you do, you might bring some sparkle to a gloomy day and maybe even a smile to other people's faces too. I would love Roots of Happiness to give you lots of magical moments just like this. And I was absolutely stuck for choice to be choose words in this book and it includes beautiful words like aura and um mellifluous I think that's Mm. one of my favorite words mellifluous it's also got funny words in it like amaze amaze balls (laughs) and cackle fart (laughs) oh yeah lovely yeah. that's what i could do just to read aloud just shout yeah. out the words patrika oh gorgeous words but the one i chose for you today yeah. jay is for okay. oh this this will tap into your spelling geek as well with a yes. you know think back to a time when you've been really really happy Maybe you're remembering a moment when you were surrounded by people and everyone was full of laughter. Or perhaps you're thinking of a time when you were alone, peaceful, quiet, and content. Centuries ago, such a feeling might have been described as being for blissed. Bliss is another word for joy, and so to be for blissed is to be extremely happy. Long ago, people would use for in front of a word to describe a particular state or mood. To be for wearied was to be very tired. To be for idled was to be very lazy. And to be for swunk was to be exhausted from too much work. For blissed is definitely the happiest of them all.
1: Oh, that is adorable. And I do know that there are more negative words in the Oxford English Dictionary than positive. And um, it just made me think of um, that time when you get the kids to look in a thesaurus. How is the character feeling? They say sad. I think we can find a better word. And then by the time you look at their writing, it says, um, you know, Mary was suicidal. You think... (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> god bless the thesaurus Oh my god. No, I just so add I one, one little thing this was this was a this is a, a social media spot and yes. it was some, somebody had snapped a picture of a blackboard outside of a bookshop and it was the bookshop uh, that's yes. what they are on facebook or the bookshop.com yes. um and it's a david bowie david bowie david bowie quote yes. it says don't you love the oxford dictionary when I first read it, I thought it was a really, really long poem about everything. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh, that's some that's brilliant. I'm so jealous I didn't then? go. I'm so I wanted to go to the nonfiction convention. I well, just it, gotta keep meeting these big wigs.
0: Poor poor old me. Poor you, Jay. Poor you, Jay. It's really difficult being invited to places where you're going to have such an impact. I mean, are you all right with it? Can you cope? Yeah, I can cope. Oh, That's good.
1: Dear. What are you going to um, read to me? Uh, I, well, I am. Uh, you know I'm worried about my mum, and I don't know if this is a bit of a pathetic fallacy, but I'm going to read a little bit of A Long Relentless Storm. Uh, but I just... I just wanted to say sometimes, I'm not saying the whole book, but there are little paragraphs in adult books that can be shared with children because they are just so well written. And I'm just going to read not only one paragraph of Arlington Park by Rachel Cust, um, because she is a master at the slow. She starts this storm and she doesn't stop it. It goes on for five pages, but that sort of slow intent writing, she's really, really good at it. Uh, And in terms of things like atmosphere and weather, she's really, really good. Uh, So here we go. Uh, So we are watching this shower in a suburb of London, and we are steeped in the storm. And because of uh, how slowly and carefully it's written, we actually feel like we're we're caught in it too. The rain fell on Arlington Park, fell on its empty avenues and its well-pruned hedges, on its schools and its churches, on its trees and its gardens. It fell on its Victorian terraces with their darkened windows, and its rows of bay-fronted houses, on its Georgian properties behind their gates, on its maze of tiny streets where the little two-storey houses were painted pretty colours. It fell joylessly over the dark, deserted sward of the park, over its neat paths and bushes, and it beat down, washing the pavements, sluicing along the drains, drumming on the bonnets of the park cars. All night it fell. Until, with a new intensity just before dawn, it emptied a roaring cascade of water over the houses so that the rain was flung against the darkened windows.
0: Oh, wow. I, I love that. She's loosing such... down the drain packs. What beautiful yeah. kind of use of verbs. Oh, yeah. lovely.
1: Yeah. She's good. She's the master craftsman of the slow and don't leave and the relentless. Love her writing. So, yeah. Wow. I, I just, can I just say, you know, I've spoken before about my top 10, um, you know, (laughs) of men. Uh, I've got a top 10 of women as well. And, uh.
0: Am I number one? Am I number one? (laughs) You were about to say Susie Dent was number one. Oh, Susie
1: Dent. I tell you what, it's words for me. And that woman, that woman just, you know, just been so expert and now she's getting behind uh the roots of happiness I tell you what she's up there
0: oh it's great and I, I didn't say who illustrated that book so thank yeah. you for telling me that she was your number one and that I'm not um Babe, give me the okay. opportunity it's, it's
1: okay I'll, I'll send <gasps> you a snack to cheer you up just to have you hanging on a thread
0: send me send me a snack listen don't need to send me a snack. I'd be happy with an email, heather at <laughs> um, the You're illustrator- gonna get inundated. You're going to get four now, babe. You're going to get inundated. <laughs> Can I cope? <laughs> the illustrator of Roots of Happiness, uh, written by Susie Dent, um, is oh, Harriet Susie Hobday, Dent. which is just oh. a lovely surname, Hobday. But as I was poring over over the pages, so I've oh, gone back to snacks. Uh, my daughter was going, Oh, the illustrations are beautiful and they really are. It's a really lovely, lovely book. Love it. So Jane, oh. what's your what's your week ahead like? Oh, I don't know. I'll
1: tell you what, apart from being <laughs> with the hoi polloi, the big gals and boys, I'm I'm actually doing lots of zooming. I am zooming to Hanoi. So yeah, I'm I'm a, a zoom a zoomy girl oh. next week. So yeah, that's me.
0: What are you doing? Sometimes she Zooms. Sometimes she whooshes. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a poem there. She's here. She's there. She's everywhere. i think of that jank. song, Who's Zooming Who? But it, I don't know.
1: Who's Zooming Who? <laughs> I wish I could sing. Oh, I feel <laughs> like we've got a bit delirious. Maybe we should just say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I'm bloody singing, it's over. <laughs> oh, yeah, we went to see two pieces in the podcast. That were good. Yeah, oh, that was yeah. good.
0: Yeah yeah was that was good that you they, should come. Um, it's but, you everywhere know. they didn't come down far enough <laughs> to uh more. i mean yeah we need a little bit closer on your next tour because <laughs> i hear that it was absolutely super successful and yeah. made lots of teachers laugh what was your best yeah. moment there jane Oh, I'll, I'll
1: tell you what, my best moment was the woman who, who said, oh, a bit of came out every time she was laughing.
0: <laughs> I was like, oh my God. We should do that. Like, I, I think I shared when you read out the If poem. Yeah. And I shared it quite a bit on social media and, and did a bit of a mascara yeah. warning with that I oh, think yeah. maybe sometimes when we've done a podcast you know we're yeah. effortlessly funny it should have a tenor lady warning as well yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely
1: oh oh it's always a joy Heather thanks for cheering me up and oh. um, I'm just gonna go message Susie now all right hon
0: <laughs> <laughs> say goodbye then say goodbye yeah. so it's um big love From Heather and heartbursts.
1: From Jane. See you next week.
0: Bye. Bye.